Happy Tuesday, everybody, and welcome to the most socially distant podcast in all of cyberspace, Made Man, where today I just finished watching episode 10 of season 7 of Mad Men, The Forecast, coming to you live from my sterilized bunker. Before we get started talking about this episode, why don't we take a moment to hear from today's sponsor. Oh, what a wonderful sponsor that was. And what a weird time this is, huh? It's, uh, yeah, it's just weird. I do two things. I work and I walk my dog. And that's about it. And I do it all basically within a mile radius of my house, which is wild. Wild, 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 wild times. But it's nice to take a moment and just kind of not think about the craziness going on in the world, but just focus on something entertaining. Something uh, fun. Something like Mad Men. This episode started with some woman just showing up in Don's apartment. And my first thought was, oh, okay, this is Don's um, latest uh, woman. Uh, but no, no, no. This was a realtor. A realtor showing up uh, to the apartment. She was ready to show it. But um, she was kind of freaked out because there's no furniture in the house. Just some patio furniture. He took the patio stuff from the deck and put it into the living room. And uh, when he when she went into the bedroom, there was Don sleeping. And uh, he's like, oh, well, I'm sorry. I must have overslept. And she's like, you know, they're coming before work. Uh, you know, I told the service, but you never called. There's no time for a shower. You need to get out of here right now. And I have to say, this entire episode, I thought, okay, by the end of this episode, Don is going to sleep with that woman because that's usually how these things work. Um Spoiler alert, that never happened. Never happened. But uh, Don got ready, got out, and um, it was before he got out, they had a little conversation. Uh, and he's like, he's basically telling her, you know, um, you should be able to sell this without any furniture in here. And she's like, no, it looks lonely. It looks empty. And he's like, well, they can imagine their own things. And she's like, you need to replace your carpets. He's like, I got them cleaned. I don't have to do anything. He's like, I've sold uglier things than this in the past. And all she was just, I liked, she was just not into his BS. She's like, can you go? I don't want you walking by them. I don't want you going near them. Uh, I don't want you here when they get here. He's like, okay, good luck. And leaves it to the apartment. Um, we jump over to Joan, who gets a wake-up call, and we find out that she's actually in L.A. She got a collect call from her mom, and her son called just to see how she was doing. And I feel like, why don't we just go through Joan's whole story right now? Because it's, it is the B story of this episode. Um, it's a nice Joan um, character building, but nothing major, I think, happens as far as, well, a little thing does happen um, as far as the business and the world of Mad Men is concerned. Uh, Joan is in LA for interviews. She's out there to interview people, and we find that Lou Avery is still out there. I didn't even realize he was still working. He's still with the business. He's out there and um, he is like, oh, yeah, we're going to I interview. I already read about the interviews. I already prepped. You already prepped. We already to prep together. I need to get going. And I have some other things. Yes, I have to take care of. See you back here at noon. And she was like, OK, um, I guess that's fine. So later um, she comes in and a guy walks in for the interview and Joan's like, oh, are you Mr. McCann or whatever, something like that can't be McCann. McCann is McCann Erickson. Are you Mr. Whatever? McNeely? And he's like, uh, yes, yes, I am. But then 
Lou walks in with the actual real guy, and you can realize I realize this guy is just trying to impress Joan. And he was like, uh, let me ask you to dinner. And she seemed to accept. Um, later on in the episode, but before Lou got back, um, Joan came into the office and she's like, or came back to the office. She's like, he's not here yet. Where is he? She's like, I'm sorry. Uh, Mr. Avery's been very busy. He's trying to, um, he's trying to work on something big. She's like, with what? It's like, well, I shouldn't say, but it's Hanna-Barbera. It's like, oh, as a client, the cartoon company. And he's like, yes, for his cartoon strip. He's been working on it since college. She's like, how long has this been going on? He's been working on it since, since he was in the army. I remember the whole joke that, um, uh, what's his name? Stan found it. And it was like a Beetle Bailey type thing. So he's out there while he should be working for the company doing his personal work. And I feel like that's going to come up again. It didn't come up again in this episode at all. But I think it's going to come up again um, with... Something. Joan coming back or Lou is going to do something that's going to piss Joan off and Joan's going to blur blab it, I think, or use it against him. I hope because nobody likes Lou. Um, So we don't actually see the interview. We don't actually know what's going on there. But the guy that she um, that pretended to be the interviewee, he was like, well, you know, I I have a chance to talk to someone like you. I don't want to pass that up. His smooth ways worked on her because they hooked up and they did sex. And, you know, she's in town for work and they're talking and he's like, I'm divorced. And she's like, I'm not married. Uh, I've been divorced, too. And uh, she's like, you know, I have kids. They've grown. Um, They're on their, you know, um, they're out of the house. And uh, she goes, do you have to Are you out here because you have mouths to feed and. She's like, nope, no, I don't. And uh, they kind of, that was it. That's how they left it. I think they hooked up maybe once or twice. And then she's back in New York and she gets a call and he's there. He's in town and they meet for dinner. They have a nice time having a nice dinner. And he notices that she glances at her watch and he's like, "Uh, oh, what's his name? What time do you have to get home to him? She's like, no, you don't understand. I have a child. I have a little one at home. His name's Kevin. He's four years old. He's like, oh, a real little one. She's like, is that a problem? He goes, no, not at all. They go back to the hotel room. They're going to probably do sex some more. She's like, just let me make a phone call first. She calls the babysitter and gets the woman to stay till about midnight because her mother was out of town. And the guy who I definitely recognize the actor. um, I can't think of his name. I don't know his name, but I feel like I'll know his name when I see his name. I want to say Tim Matheson. But no, it's not him. I know it's not him because I just looked it up and it's Bruce Greenwood, which I never would have guessed his name. But when I see it, I'm like, yes, I recognize that name. And he's just one of those guys that you've seen him in a million things. I would never know his name, but I've seen him in a million things. And um, she's like, I have. He's like, oh, do you need to leave? She's like, no, I have. All the time in the world. He goes, well, you have until midnight. And she was like, is that going to be a problem? He's like, look, I need to tell you the truth. It is a problem. Um, I did that already. I already had kids in my life. She's like, well, you're getting pretty presumptuous. He's like, look, I already did that. Um, and I, I, you, if I want to take you to the pyramids, I can't take you to the pyramids. I can't, uh, you know, uh, I, you can't just do that. She's like, no, I can't. And... Um, 
she left. You know, they, they kind of got in a fight or whatever. She's like, obviously, this isn't going to work. Uh, and so she leaves. Um, the next day, we see her son watching Sesame Street. The uh, girl the girl shows up again, and um, the, the babysitter. And Joan's like, oh, I have to keep going. I have to get going. What took you so long? And she's like... Um, and she's like, I, I had class, or why don't you say something before? Well, I'm sorry, your, your mother's on vacation, or whatever. She, and then Joan looks at the babysitter, holding her son, and says, you're ruining my life. And I have to say, I thought she was saying it to her son. Like, why would she say this to the babysitter? I feel like, was she kind of saying it to her son? Was she? Did she feel like she was saying it to her son? That's what I kind of thought, which um, was... Like, it was, I was like, oh my God. And then she's leaving and he's, bye, bye, mama. And then he stops and he's feeling, she's feeling guilty. And she's like, bye, Kevin. See you later. I don't know why I said that in a British kind of accent. Um, she's at work and she, there's a a, um, a, call, a buzz in from her secretary saying, uh, Mr. McNeely is here, which was the name that the guy said he was. She comes out and he's holding flowers. And he's like, I'm sorry. He apologizes. She's like, no, you're right. I, um, I'm going to send my son away. He's like, what? He goes, you want me to choose between you and my son, so I'm choosing you. Now, she was being sarcastic. And he was like, no, that's not what I wanted. That's not what I meant. I'm just, I, I'm a heel. I'm sorry. Um, I, I want you to be part of my life, all of you. She's like, I live with my mother. She goes, well, I have, I'm going to be buying real estate up here. Where do you live? On 12th Street, he's like, well, I'm not going to be buying real estate there. But I will be buying real estate in a nice area, which was kind of subtly insulting. Um, in a nice area, and I'd love you all to visit sometime. Can I call you? She's like, you can. And that was it. No kiss or anything. He just left, gave her flowers. And I think that was the end. Is that the end of Jones kind of thing? So the big thing is she has a um, an older gentleman who she seems to really like. Um and, you know, he, I think it was like, they both said that they really felt something. So maybe there is something that's going to happen here. Uh, but the big thing for me is what's going to happen with Lou in this thing where he's been trying to get a cartoon made of his comic strip with Hanna-Barbera. That, to me, is the most important thing that came out of this because anything that could um, make Lou... Um, Luke, Luke, bad. Uh, look, he. There's no duck for me. There's no duck for here for me to to crap on. So without duck, I can crap on Lou. Lou's still here. I can still crap on him. Harry wasn't even in this episode. He was mentioned once, but he wasn't in this episode at all. There was no Harry. There was no Megan. Uh, there was no Ken. There was no uh, no Henry. Even though no Stan. There was a lot of people that weren't in this episode. Um, but that was really it for. Uh, Joan Why don't we jump over now To um, Sally And Betty Yes there was no no Harry Francis in the episode But Mrs. Francis was um, Well she had a part in this episode See Sally is uh, Going to be going uh, Away with some of the Girls from work going into Going on a retreat where she sees 12 states in 12 days and Betty, and you know, I think she's teaching her how to fill, fill out um, 
traveler's checks. That was my, that's what I think they were. You know, money, so when you're traveling. I don't even know if a traveler's checks is still a thing. I just remember when I was a kid in the 80s, American Express traveler's checks were the way to go. Like, if you wanted to travel, don't bring cash with you. Bring traveler's checks. I don't even know what that is. It's like, I guess a check that you can use to get money down there without bringing money with you. I don't know. But that's what I feel like it is. And I don't even know if it's a traveler's check, so I might just be talking out, out of my butt. Um, but Sally, um, it was awesome because Betty was telling her, um, you know, I used to do, I used to, uh, I did this trip and it was only six states. She's like, oh, well, weren't they just called colonies back then? And you could, they actually had a nice little, um, conversation like, like sarcastic Sally, but Betty was smiling and, you know, wasn't like being a jerk about Sally's tone. And, um, you know, she said, there are also going to be boys on this trip. Well, she said, we used to get in trouble and smash light bulbs uh, on, on the hotel floor. I was like, Jesus, that's that's vandalism. And so I was like, we're not going to do that. She's like, there are also boys on this um, that are out there. So, you know, uh, I just want you to be smart. And Sally's like, oh, I'm sorry, Mother. This conversation is a little too late. And so am I. Sally is the best. Sally is one of my favorite, if not my favorite character on this show, because she has the morals that both her parents seem to lack or the decency or common sense, something about him where she is almost the parent. She's almost more mature than Don and Betty. And she has to, it's like, this is her life, her life steering around these crazy these crazy mad men and women. Thank you, everybody. That's the show. Goodbye forever. Um, no, see, I just love Sally. And there's some other great Sally, great Sally lines in this episode. Um, so we're going to, I'm going to jump ahead with more Sally. Stay on this whole thing. Uh, she gets a knock on the door and she's like, I'll get it. And she opens the door and it's this, Young, suave man with a hairy chest, a groovy shirt, uh, some cool sideburns, and oh my god, it's Glenn. Oh my god, it's Glenn. Wait, actually, it was, um, wait a minute, was it Glenn? Yeah. I'm so confused, because he met Loretta, the maid, but then, um, I don't know, it doesn't make a difference. At one point, but he was like really polite to Loretta, the maid, and he's like, I'm here to see Betty, or Sally, and it's Glenn and Sally's got, um, oh, then Glenn's girlfriend comes in and there's nothing like, there's no jealousy where Sally and Glenn are just friends. They've always been just friends. That's just kind of the way they've always been. And something about Glenn where he's such an odd, the way the actor, now I don't know what else he's done. I don't know if he's a good actor. I don't know if this is just the way he is. Like, I, I don't know if I look this guy up and he's been in a ton of things or he's just been Glenn. So they keep going back to him because they need Glenn back. And he's like, he's just had this weird, like, just his delivery. He's very blank and very much like, hello, Sally. How are you? How's it going? But remember when he showed up at her school, was it earlier this year or last year? And he beat up his own friend because his friend was, um, was messing around with Sally. That's because he was like the big brother. That's how he's always been. Um, they never had, um, but 
I guess he did like her because remember they vandalized the house and he left a wa- he left a um, a um, bracelet for. Her. But really, all this time maybe he was pining for another. Oh, we'll get there. So, Glenn comes in and they're talking and they're saying, "Hey, we're going to be going to Playland. We wanted to know if you wanted to come." And then Betty comes in and sees the girlfriend and she's like, "Oh, why don't you introduce me?" And he's like, "I'm I'm Glenn. I used to be your neighbor." And she's like, "What?" And I have to say, um she seemed a little smitten with him. See, like and they're talking and all of a sudden you can see Sally kind of looking between the two of them like what the hell is going on here um, and you could see the Glenn is like I have your hair it's in my pocket I have uh, kept it in my wallet since you gave it to me as a boy and um, I've come for the rest of you that's what I felt like I felt like Glenn still has her hair um, and Sally's like, what is going on here? And then he's like, um, I also came to say goodbye. And she's like, what's up? I've, I've enlisted and Sally is pissed. He joined the army. He's shipping off to Vietnam and he, he didn't get drafted. He joined. She's like, you, you, what about Kent state? You were crying. And he says, um, what am I supposed to stay here while while the the, uh, the young Negro men get killed for us? Because it's not um, it's anti-American. It's not right. You know he's feeling like he's doing a duty for the men and the soldiers going over there. She's like, you're just you're you're just a you're just a kid. You're a young man. You you're barely the same. You'll be the same age as the kids you over in Vietnam that you kill. And she storms off. Uh, Betty seemed more like, um, you know, that's very nice of you. That's very American. That's very good. Uh, but also slightly attracted to this 18-year-old boy, which, you know, is wrong and creepy. Um, and it's not the last time that Sally is going to see someone looking at a friend, or I shouldn't say that, or a friend looking at someone. Um, because, uh, yeah, Sally gets to do that again in this episode. Now... I'm trying to think what else happens. So Sally ends up later calling Glenn's mother. Glenn's not there. Sally's leaving tomorrow for a trip. She's really upset because she didn't get a chance. She wants to apologize to Glenn. She wants to say goodbye to Glenn. She wanted to apologize. She needs him to call. She's like, I'm sorry. And she starts crying. She's like, I'm sorry, ma'am. I didn't mean to make you cry. She's making the mother cry. If you remember, his mother is the divorcee. The divorcee from season one. I don't know where she is. We ever see her again, but we see Glenn constantly and uh, he's lost a little weight. He's skinny. He's got sideburns. He is one cool dude or cool hippie, I guess. I don't know. Um, but Sally is off. Sally's gone. Sally is heading off with, um, with her girls. She's leaving that morning and she's out by the time Glenn comes back and, but he's like, Oh, Hi. And she's like, Sally's gone. He's like, I know. Uh, can I get that drink? Can I get a drink? How about that beer? Because remember, he's 18. And the drinking age then is 18. Um, I forget when it changed to 21. Uh, I remember Dazed and Confused. It was still 18 because they were 18. But um, yeah, 
So she gives him that beer. And he's like, um, yeah, uh, I forget what he said exactly, but he put the moves on her. He tries to get Betty Draper. And she's like, Glenn, no, we can't. And he's like, why? Now, she didn't say because I'm twice your age, because I am Sally's mother, because it's inappropriate. She simply says, because I'm married. Which is a, is a valid answer. It is correct. She is married, and this would be adultery. And I guess that would be the first thing you say. But it's for, an, I want her to be like, uh, for a, a myriad of reasons, a number of reasons. First of which, I'm married. Second of which, you're a child. Third of which, you are a friend of my daughter's. Yes, my daughter, who is almost your age. Um... So, I mean, all these things adding up, Glenn um, really, I mean, it almost seemed like if Betty wasn't married, she'd be like, I'm going to send you off to the army in, um, with, uh, with uh, quite the, uh, the, the going away party. Um, but luckily, luckily, she didn't do that. And, and then I thought it was going to happen again because... He starts, then he starts telling the truth. He's like, uh, she goes, he goes, no, this would make it all worth it. And she's like, wait, you didn't do this for me, did you? He goes, no, worse. I flunked out. He flunked out of college. So that's really why he joined the army. Not just to do the, the good, but he really, he, he, he's like, I flunked out. And he said his stepfather would have killed him. Um, his, he goes, my mother's mad. Sally's mad, but you're not mad. He goes, well, they're just scared. And I'm scared too. And then he tells her that he flunked out and his father-in-law would kill him. But when I told him he joined the army, he was so proud of me and he got all upset. And then Sally, I mean, Betty ran her fingers through his hair like, it's okay, little boy. And I thought, "Uh uh-oh, here it comes. And then she takes his hand and puts it on her face like, at least you get to touch my face. At this point, I wish she took a pair of scissors out and cut more hair off for him. That didn't happen, but... I thought, what is going on here? That's still kind of inappropriate and weird. And with that, Glenn left. So while that was the end of the Glenn storyline, Sally's storyline had one final stop, and that was uh, with Dad, dear old Dad, and some of her friends. Um, They were at a diner getting uh, food before uh, heading off on their bus trip. And... All the girls seemed to be really interested in Don. Everything he said uh, made them giggle. And one of the friends was very much like a little too giggly. She's like rubbing the rim of her glass. And she's like, do you mind if she, he lights a cigarette for her? She's like, oh, so you have, a really, you have a really nice house, huh? You live in New York. Oh, what do you want to do? He's saying to the girls. One girl's like, I want to be a senator. One girl's like, I want to be a UN translator. And the, and the uh, third girl's like, I want to live in New York. I think she's like, I just want to live in New York. And he's like, he goes, how did you get into advertising? He goes, I didn't even know what advertising was. I just wanted to get into New York. Oh, no. He says, find what you love, um, you know, as a kid. And she's like, did you love advertising or something like that? And he's like, oh, I just wanted to get to New York. I didn't even know what advertising was. Uh, and now you have a, a penthouse, a real nice apartment. Where do you live? Oh, where do you live, Don? Up in the Upper East Side in the penthouse? Yeah. She, and Sally's like, yeah, he was poor, though, growing up. But now you have a penthouse? He's like, yeah, I do. Um, And it was interesting because Sally could see again 
one of her parents being flirted with by one of her friends. Twice in one episode she sees this. And he's like, what do you want to do, Sally? He's, she's like, I just want to eat. And you could see she was kind of getting annoyed. Um, they leave on the bus, or they're about to leave on the bus, and they're like, bye, bye, Mr. Draper, bye, Don. And um, she's Sally's like, bye. And he goes, Sally, wait. He goes, I'll wait from the car. He goes, um, I forget exactly what he said, but she's like, you just can't help yourself, can you? He's like, what are you talking about? He's like, you and mom are the You know, she's 17 years old. He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. You're, you're, you know, she's fast. I just didn't want to insult her. She's like, um, you, you and, you know, any, any little attention and you ooze no matter who they are. Uh, you're just like mom. Same thing with mom. And he was like, almost like, what are you talking Mom? Something happened with mom? She's like, the both of you are the same way. Any little attention and you guys are this way. He goes, um, I'm going to go on this bus and pretend I'm, I'm not like you. And she tries to storm off and he takes her by the arm. And he's like, listen, young lady, I'm your father. And, and whether you like it or not, you, you are like your mother and me. Okay? You're a very beautiful girl. It's up to you to be more than that. And I was like, oh, that was, I think he was almost saying, look, you know, we are, we are good looking. <laughs> we are a good looking family, but it's up to us to be more than that. And I think that's it for Sally. Um, but hey, yeah, Don, why don't we use this moment to jump way back and talk about uh, Don's day. Okay. So uh, after he leaves the apartment, he goes into work and goes into Roger's office. And it seems like McCann Erickson is throwing some sort of big conference retreat, something. It's in the Bahamas. And, um, of course, Roger's going to go and speak. But they need some kind of, they need like a statement, a manifesto of the status, the future of Sterling Cooper. And um, it needs to be 2,500 words. And Don needs to write it. Um, and it's like, uh, he's, but I guess he's getting Harry to write something about computers and Ted is writing something about performance reviews or something like that, but he needs Don to write his Gettysburg address. Um, and that's really it right there, right? The forecast. That's the title of this episode. That's your meaning right there. The forecast, what's coming, what's ahead, what's the future going to be hold. We're going to be, uh, and it's funny because Don kind of, um, he doesn't know himself. You know, at some point he's talking to Meredith. I remember her name, Meredith, uh, his secretary, um, who is awesome. Like, he's dictating stuff. He's talking to her. What do you think the future's going to be like? He asks, um, he goes in and talks to Ted about it. And Ted's like, oh, Roger tried to get, get me to do the same thing. And um, he they start talking about the future. And, and he's like, what do you think the future's going to be like? And Don is like, um, oh, Ted's like, he wants his big desire. His big desire is to land a pharmaceutical. And he's like, okay, but then what? And then later he's talking to um, to Peggy about um, what do you think the future's going to hold. Now, she came in looking for a performance review. She's like, I need to do your... She goes, I need to talk to you. Ted wants me to write my own performance review. And he's like, oh, you're lucky. And she's like, no, I, I want my review. I want an actual performance review. I did a lot this year. Um, so she asked him to do it. He doesn't actually get that because he starts talking about the future. And what do you think the future is going to have? You know, we talked to her a little bit about it. Um, she's like, well, I'd like to be the first female creative director. I'd like to say, you know, I'd like to come up with uh, something that sticks. I'd like to make a lasting kind of 
something he's you know something that matters and he's like in advertising she's like we well, asked me about my job not about the world and he goes well okay that's fine she goes well why don't you tell me your dreams and that, so i can shit all over him um it was like she never got the performance of you but it was Don's way. Don was asked to look at the future of this company, of uh, Sterling Cooper. And it almost seemed like he was trying to do that, but he was also looking at his future. Like, what is the world, what is the future holding for any of them? Like, what are we doing? He's talking to Meredith, and she's like, um, I think it's going to look like the world's fair. Like, I think she was actually thinking about the future. And he's like, oh, what was your favorite part? And they never got there. Um, but... That seemed to be the big thing for um, for Don. Like, what is the future? What does the future hold? Um, he the the work thing going on. The big job at the office is Peter Pan cookies. Uh, they want Don to come in and look at the um, Peter Pan cookie. Peek's like, I need you to look at this. Comes in. And they're like, it's they're called Tinkerbell cookies using Peter Pan um, peanut butter. And they have this idea for Dear John letters to kids. Like, dear, kids are writing Dear John letters to other cookies. Like, Oreo, we have to split. Or, um, you know, Nilla wafers, you're too boring. Or something like that. Because they're all moving on to Tinkerbell cookies. Um, later on in the episode, Pete goes, comes in pissed off. And he's like, the cookie pitch, it, went, it didn't go well. The guys, they end up turning on each other. That's Mathis and Ed. Um, and... Mathis ended up, you know, using the F word. He swore in the meeting and Peggy's like, it's fine. It's fine. They didn't like the creative. That's fine. He's like, something has to be done. She's like, well, you can't fire my men. And Pete's like, I could fire you if I want to. Don's like, nobody's getting fired. Um, he seemed to calm them down. He goes, look, you can't replace them. Cause then it looks like it looks weak. It feels like we're starting over. Um, so we just got to get the work done. And Peggy seemed satisfied. They both stormed away. Uh, later on in the episode, Mathis comes into the office with a bottle of wine or a bottle of something. He's like, I want to thank you, Don, for having my back. And I was like, who told you that? He didn't really have his back as much as he just thought it was the right thing to do. She's like, He's like, I, what do I do? Do I apologize? He's like, look, if you apologize, it makes you look wrong. If you don't show up, you know, it, it's not good. He goes, and he told a story about the time he was with, um, with Lucky Strike. And he screwed up. And then he came back. And he, the first thing he did was, I can't believe, he said to Lucky Strike, I can't believe you want to... Um, you won't see me again after you guys making a jack, uh, making asses out of yourself. You know, he break, basically broke the ice and he said, that's what worked with them. And then he's like, I don't know, bring a bar of soap and say you you brought it. So in case you need it, in case you, in case you accidentally speak out again, he's like, it's not like they haven't heard the word before. Now Mathis goes into the meeting and he goes and uses the exact same line. I can't believe you two, you two, you two guys would show your face here again after making asses of yourself again. Mathis comes into the office all pissed off at Don. I was like, what are you, what's going on here? What, what, what are you doing? And um, he's like, uh, I did your thing and, you know, you, it didn't work. He's like, you did. He, he's like, I talked to Roger about this. And he said it's because um, the guy was in love with you and he wanted to, he wanted to be jerking off thinking about you, something like that. Wasn't it something about something like that? And Don's like, you have a foul mouth. And he's like, it doesn't matter. You, 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 you know, you, you just did this. You got your way. Cause you're handsome. He's like, I did the, um, he's like, everyone has problems and you have to deal with it. He goes, I just know how to do things right. 
and he's like, by the way, I don't have to tell you, you're fired. So my, Mathis, he goes, I, didn't, I figured that coming in here when I stormed in. So Mathis, I just learned his name a couple episodes ago. Fired, gone, boom, outski. Um, oh, my God. We only have four episodes after this. This is crazy. Um, earlier in the episode, Don went back in uh, to his apartment and saw that the realtor um, didn't have any luck that day. She's like, look, this is... And she gives it right to him. Um, and he's like, this is empty. You know, it looks sad. It looks like a sad man lives here. He's like, a lot of great things happen here. She goes, it looks like a divorce happened here. And you're living out of here because you're divorced. Because we had a guy come today. Um, we had a, it was like a young family. And they couldn't see it. They did, it just didn't work. And he's, she's like, it looks like an $85,000, like, you know, sad house. Whatever she said. I don't remember exactly. Um, but she stormed off like, you need to change this. I don't know. She, she was angry. And I, I still thought at this moment, oh, my God, Donna is going to sleep with this woman. Um, and I'm like, why do I recognize her? And I believe she is one of the neighbors on Fresh Off the Boat, which is a show that just ended, which actually was a pretty good show. Um, it's a sitcom, but it was, it was actually uh, quite funny, um, underrated. So I'm like, you know, I'm trying to think what else happened with Don. I mean, he was kind of, he was trying to figure out what's going on. He talked to Ted about the future, talked to Peggy about the future, uh, tried to uh, talk to Meredith about the future. He couldn't quite get his grasp on where things are going. And I felt like he was looking for someone else to give him something to inspire him because he couldn't figure it out himself. Um, and, you know, he fires Mathis and I, I mean, I feel like that is about 90% of what he did. I don't know if I'm missing anything. There was nothing. He didn't have any interaction with Joan, I don't believe. Um, so the big, and then the ending, he comes into his apartment and he's like, oh, hello. And the realtor's there with a, a young married couple who are expecting and they're signing paperwork and she's like, oh, excuse me. She takes Don uh, out from the front door and out to the front door. And she goes, uh, we did it. They signed. Congratulations. She goes, now I need to find you a place to live and closes the door to go finish doing the signing the paperwork. And last episode, the photo I used with Don standing alone in his apartment, like, ah, everything's gone. And this episode, I think I'm using the photo of him standing alone again. I wonder if it's going to be a lot of Don standing alone. Standing alone outside his apartment now. He's like, what does the future hold? What is the forecast for me? Never mind the company. I think he's looking for, for something for himself. What the hell is he going to do with the rest of his life? He's looking at these people and they're asking, what are your desires? What are your, what are you thinking? And they're talking about pharmaceuticals or landing a big client. And Don's like, that's it. I think he was almost like, uh, you know, looking for something more than just advertising. And now his nice apartment is gone. I don't know what that means. Does he, does he want something smaller? He's got the money. Um, it's like, uh, it's crazy because you feel like he's, he's divorced now and he's ready to go on and do like, He's got rid of the apartment. It's like, 
He's got money. I don't know what's going to happen. There are doors that could be opening for him. There are just possibilities that could be opening for him. And um, I don't know what's going to be, but as far as I can tell, we only have four episodes left. I think I covered any everything, except, of course, um, Bobby running around the house with a machine gun and Betty taking her from him because letting him go watch Brady Bunch. She takes the little toy gun. Actually, it was a Tommy gun. Takes the little toy gun and throws it away. Um, and I think it's, you know, it was basically thinking Glenn's going off to war. We shouldn't be playing with these little toys like this, you know, while real young men are out there. Um, so are we going to ever find out what happens to Glenn? I don't know. Are we going to see Sally on her trip? I tend to think so. I mean, they have her, her and her friends get on the boat. I feel like we will see them doing something on their trip. Um, Ted's big thing is he, hopefully they can get a tire company because they know so much about cars and a pharmaceutical. That seemed to be his dream, which is very boring. Um, Pete is just always upset, always annoyed, but he's Pete, you know, um, Lou, Joan, maybe she found, uh, someone that she is, uh, um, like that she can actually build a relationship with I don't know uh, and when, I'm sorry but Joan was married twice and divorced twice why do I not remember so she had the okay wait she divorced she was already divorced when she was with the army guy was there a guy did I miss something I didn't right I, I'm like completely drawing a blank because Joan talked about having two divorces and we saw her with Roger. We saw her, this is years and years ago. Well, in the, in the show. Um, then she had her boyfriend. I, I don't know. Man. I don't know. Um, it's crazy how, like how this show has changed over the years. The business has changed. The employees have changed. There are people that we don't even see anymore. Um, a lot of them made it back. A lot of them made it over, but not all of them. Uh, this is just, it's, um, it's wild. It's wild and wacky. Uh, and I can't think of if we know both her divorces, which is wild. I said wild a lot, but um, we live in wild times. Wild, wacky, crazy times. Um, I'm home. I'm always home. Everyone's always home now. I leave to walk my dog, and that's it. And um, sorry it took me a couple extra days to get this episode out. Hopefully this weekend will be a little better. We shall see. Um, but, you know, with only so many episodes left, it's um, it's just, uh, it's, it's so hard to say goodbye to Sterling Cooper. Oh, boy. Um, I'm still not a fan of Roger's mustache. I will say that. Uh, but his sideburns, he, he was really not in this episode at all this month. You know, he's in the beginning talking about going to the Bahamas. And that was it. I wonder if we'll see him in the Bahamas. Probably not. But um, I think I'm rambling now. I think I'm done. Um, and yeah, you know, Glenn, Godspeed, young man. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. With only four episodes left. You feel like anything is possible. If they wanted to, they could jump ahead a year, say one year later. And be like, whoa, okay. 
they've done it before. They could do it again. And um, I don't know. We shall see. I've already said that. So I think it's time for me to say that I want to thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for staying with us all this time. It is amazing. I really appreciate it. And I, guys, I want you to stay safe. Stay socially distant and stay at home. Stay at home and stay subscribed as I continue this journey. This journey that only has four episodes left. As I get ready to say goodbye, I want to say thank you for listening. And thank you for coming along with me as I strive to become a made man. Fans not experts. Wash your hands.